Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on today's podcast, I wanted to talk about a classic Walt Disney attraction. One that Walt Disney himself had a large hand in and played a role in developing. And it has some historical context and relates to today. As you'll see as I develop this podcast, you'll start to understand how it all relates back to things, and I think it's kind of timely to talk about it today. So as you well know, as everyone well knows, back in the 1860s, the United States was mired in a civil war. You had two factions of people in this country who had different opinions about how things should work. It was about the role of government. It was about slavery. It was about a lot of different things. Wealthy industrialists versus agriculturalists versus people who owned slaves versus people who didn't versus people who had a representative government versus people who had taxation placed on them. It was similar to the concepts of the, of the reasons that the United States broke away from England in the first place, in terms of everyone being represented equally. So there's a lot to this in terms of the political overtones and the things that were happening. It was the way the United States worked at the time. And unfortunately, we had become a very divided nation. There were a lot of differences of opinion that drove us into a devastating civil war. But there was a man named Abraham Lincoln who came along, and his goal as the president was to unite this country, to bring us all together, to restructure the United States as something greater than it had been. Yes, it's a great country, but he, could, he knew he could do so much more. He could contribute more to making it an even better country by uniting everyone and finding a way to make everyone work together. And as we all know, he succeeded in that to a large degree. Now, Abraham Lincoln was a boyhood hero of Walt Disney. Walt admired what he was able to do, his tenacity, his ability to speak, his ability to unite people. He really had an approach that Walt really identified with. And as I've talked about on previous podcasts, Walt Disney really wanted to have an American-themed area for his Disneyland park. He wanted to have a Hall of Presidents. He wanted to have a means of talking about American history and bringing that to life. Now, in Walt Disney's time, that never really happened. It didn't come to fruition. But along the way, he was working up concepts for how this might come together. And he was working on a mechanical model, a robot of sorts, that was Abraham Lincoln. And it was the one that kind of captured his imagination, so he started with him. He had created this thing called an audio animatronic that was basically a robot that could move around and articulate and gesticulate. So he had the basic concept down. And as I said, this was all a part of building toward his Hall of Presidents, his American-themed land. So he had several of his web designers working on this fully articulated model. And he had Blaine Gibson sculpt out a face for Abraham Lincoln. But it wasn't just any face. It was actually Abraham Lincoln's face. It was using a copy of a life-size mask of Lincoln that was made by Leonard Volk in Chicago in 1860. And it really was kind of neat because he had something there that was really intriguing and kind of interesting. So the, it was the early 1960s, and Walt has this concept, and he's trying to figure out how to make it work. Enter Robert Moses. Now, Robert is a 
city planner, an urban developer, someone who worked in the New York area to build up various communities, various societies, and you could probably say that he had a large influence on Walt Disney and what he wanted to do for his community planning and some of the things he was thinking about. In parallel to what Walt Disney was doing, in the early 1960s, Moses was hired to work on the New York World's Fair concept. They were going to have the World's Fair in 1964, and Moses was actually asked to help plan what exhibits and what attractions might go in there. Who might be the right sponsors? Who might be the right people? What did they need to build? What should they have in them? One of his first stops along the way was to head out to Anaheim and talk to Walt Disney. He toured Walt Disney's workshops. He went through and he talked to Walt Disney about concepts and ideas. And the story goes that nothing really caught his eye. He just kind of went along and said, yeah, no, I don't see anything I like. But he was struck by a partially constructed audio-animatronic figure of Abraham Lincoln. He's like, what's that? And Walt told him, hey, that's, uh, that's something I'm working on. It's an audio-animatronic. It's part of an exhibition I'm putting together on presidents of the United States. Moses was intrigued. And he's like, that's a great idea. I think that would be a tremendous attraction to have at the New York World's Fair. So Moses went back to New York, and he continued to look at other exhibits and other things that were going on. And one of the things that he saw was the state of Illinois wanted to have their own exhibition hall. And he thought that would be a perfect matchup between Disney and the state of Illinois to create something that was a Lincoln show, where Abraham Lincoln could stand in front of people and talk. He thought that would be a great idea. And of course, he asked Walt Disney, could it be ready for the 1964 World's Fair? Now, Walt's designers knew there was no way this could happen. It was much too early in the development cycle. They were still figuring out what audio animatronics were going to be. But Walt, ever the showman and never one to disappoint, said, of course I can do it. And so they agreed that they would do it and put it in the World's Fair. And sure enough, he put the right people on it. He got everyone engaged. They came up with a great-looking Abraham Lincoln that was an audio animatronic, fully articulated, and able to stand in front of people in the Illinois exhibit and give a speech. So another Disney legend, James Algar, was commissioned to write the speech for Abraham Lincoln. He went through the archives and found all kinds of interesting pieces from different things that Lincoln had said over the years. Of course, there were no recordings of them, but there were lots and lots of different transcripts of some of the things that he had said. So he was able to put together a speech of about five minutes that was some of the great moments with Mr. Lincoln. And that's what the name became, The Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. It kind of captured what it was and what it really was all about. So along the way, they put it all together, and uh, Royal Dano was brought in to be the voice of Abraham Lincoln, and there was also some other voices that were used in some of the other pieces, including Paul Fries, who uh, does the, the voice in the Haunted Mansion, and really kind of interesting the way it all came together. And it was one of the most successful exhibits at the 1964 World's Fair. People just loved seeing an animated figure giving this talk. It was a really incredible thing. So the way it worked was in the pre-show area, you had paintings of Illinois, and you heard the state song of Illinois, and then there was a narration that went over it, done by Dano and Paul Fries. And then guests would enter the main theater, and the curtains opened to reveal the audio-animatronic Lincoln. He stood up and gave a measured, dignified address. The show concluded with the curtains opening further to reveal the rotunda, the United States Capitol building, an abstract image of the American flag was in the background, and a rendition of the Battle Hymn of the Republic went on. So it really did sort of capture the imagination. It really was exactly what Walt had in mind as far as being Lincoln and talking about Lincoln and representing him in a very positive way. And it really was kind of cool that it all came together and it worked out really well. And as I said, it was one of the most successful shows that they had at the World's Fair. Actually, 
all of the Disney attractions turned out to be some of the most successful elements that they had at the World's Fair. So that's what's really cool about it. Now, the World's Fair stayed around for a second run the following summer. But Disney decided it was so successful, he was going to make a copy of the show and put that show at Disneyland. So he did just that. He got his web designers to come together and actually reconstruct almost the entire show. A few slight changes to it. And because of what they had learned, there was an upgraded version of the audio-animatronic figure. But it was more or less the same show. And it came back the next year at the World's Fair and was just as successful. And the one at Disneyland really did continue on the tradition, the fine tradition of having this show. And so there you go. That's how the great moments with Abraham Lincoln came to be. Now, the kind of the storyline goes a little further. After the World's Fair, the Illinois Pavilion was demolished. And no one knew what happened to the original audio-animatronic figure of Lincoln. Everyone assumed it was demolished with the building, kind of unintentionally. In the meantime, Disney went on to change the great moments with Mr. Lincoln to be the history of Walt Disney himself. And then at some point, they changed it to partially the history of Walt Disney and the great moments with Mr. Lincoln. And then later, it went back to being the great moments with Mr. Lincoln as a redesigned show with some new dialogue and some slightly different uh, theming. But more or less, the same thing that Walt had envisioned. And then kind of the amusing story goes that in the 1970s, sometime in the late 1970s, someone discovered a box in one of the warehouses. And it turned out that the original audio-animatronic version of Lincoln had been shipped back to Disneyland, and it had been kind of lost in storage for a period of about 12 years. And when someone found it, they go, this is really cool, and they put it on display. It's more recently been displayed at the Walt Disney One Man's Dream over in the uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. So you can see it, and it's really kind of neat to see this original audio-animatronic that uh, Disney had created. It's really kind of cool. Now, the reason that this is relevant and the reason that I bring it up today is quite simply that we've had a lot of discussions in this country about people being divided and people having differences of opinion in the current political environment. Look, I don't want to wade into the political discussion. People should feel however they want to feel. You should never feel like your, your view is better than someone else's or that someone else's is not as good as yours. That's not what we're all about as a country. And further, we're a great nation. We should be working together to continue to make this a great nation. Look, if you ever want to understand politics fully and you really want to understand what's driving business and what drives everyone, there's an old saying in the news business, follow the money. It's always about the money. Who makes money? Who has money? Who's using money? Who's losing money? All of those things figure into what the topics of the day are. Listen to a news report, listen to a politician speak, and then think about why they're saying what they're saying in the context of there's money to be made or there's money to be lost. It's something to consider when you listen to politicians. Look, again, I'm not trying to tell you what to believe. I believe in the exercise of free speech. We should all be independent and free thinking and think about things that really matter to us. People should vote their conscience and not just along a party line. Think about what the, what's actually happening and consider the possibilities. Now, on that note, I want to play for you the great moments from Mr. Lincoln. As you listen to it, listen to the words, listen to what he's saying. Think about what he's saying. He's got a great moment here where he really talks about how a country divided cannot stand. And listen to how our country would be destroyed. This is something that Lincoln said when the Civil War was going on. And it kind of bears true today. All I ask is that you consider it. Give it a fair listen. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. 
out that golden goal was not to be had without cost. The American way was not gained in a day. It was born in adversity, forged out of conflict, perfected and proven only after long experience and trial. In all of history, no man was dedicated to this dream more than the 16th president of these United States, Abraham Lincoln. Here in his own words is what he once wrote about himself. For at that time, very few people outside Illinois knew very much about this man from the prairie. I was born February 12th, 1809, in Hardin County, Kentucky. My father removed from Kentucky to what is now Spencer County, Indiana, in my eighth year. It was a wild region, with many bears and other wild animals still in the woods. There I grew up. I was large for my age, and had an axe put into my hands at once. And from that to my 23rd year, was almost constantly handling that most useful instrument. I think that the aggregate of all my schooling did not amount to one year. At 21, I came to Illinois, thought of trying to study law, or rather thought I could not succeed at that without better education. I borrowed some law books, took them home, and went at it in good earnest. In 1854, the law profession had almost superseded the thought of politics in my mind. When the repeal of Missouri Compromise aroused me as I had never been before. What I have done since then is pretty well known. If any personal description of me is thought desirable, it may be said I am in height, six feet, four inches, nearly, lean in flesh, weighing on an average of 180 pounds, dark complexion, with coarse black hair and gray eyes, and no other marks or brands recollected. Yours very truly, A. Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln became president faced with the terrible threat of civil war, a thing he dreaded, yet a calamity he was prepared to meet if he must. Without you, the Constitution is only a piece of paper. I know there is a God, and that he hates injustice and slavery. I see the storm coming. I know his hand is in it. He has a place, work for me. And I think he has. I believe I'm ready. And with God's help, I shall not fail. April 12, 1861, Fort Sumter, the spoke for war. Civil war, violent, devastating. Now had come the record, the supreme test that would decide whether a republic founded on liberty could survive 
the terrible strife of men's passions.
And the American people just now are much in want of one. We all declare for liberty. But in using the same word, we do not all mean the same thing. What constitutes the bulwark of our liberty and independence? It is not our frowning battlements, our bristling sea coasts. These are not our reliance against tyranny. Our reliance is in the love of liberty, which God has planted in our bosoms. Our defense is in the preservation of the spirit which prizes liberty as the heritage of all men, in all lands, everywhere. Destroy this spirit, and you have planted the seeds of despotism around your own doors. At what point shall we expect the approach of danger? By what means shall we fortify against it? Shall we expect some transatlantic military giant to step the ocean and crush us with a blow? Never. All the armies of Europe, Asia, and Africa combined could not by force take a drink from the Ohio or make a track on the Blue Ridge in a trial of a thousand years. At what point, then, is the approach of danger to be expected? I answer, if it ever reaches, it must spring from amongst us. It cannot come from abroad. If destruction be our lot, we ourselves must be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we must live through all times or die by suicide. Neither let us be slandered from our duty by false accusations against us nor frightened from it by the menaces of destruction to the government, nor of dungeons to ourselves. Let us have faith that right makes might. And in that faith, let us to the end dare to do our duty as we understand it.
So there you go. That's my podcast for this week. Quite simply, the history of great moments with Mr. Lincoln and the story that's, that goes behind it and how it's relevant to today. Let's not let our country get destroyed from within. Let's work together to try and make it better and make it great. That's all I'm giving to you. And hey, if we can dream it, we can absolutely do it. And just one last request before I let you go. If you can, please support this podcast in any way you like. I have three ways of supporting me. Number one is the easiest, and it's free. Just head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast and give me a quick review. Tell other people how great you think this podcast is, and it'll help grow the podcast. The second way is to go ahead and purchase one of the apps I have for sale over at DisneyPodcast.net or DisneyWorldPodcast.net. I create apps for iOS devices, so for Apple devices, your iPhones and your iPads, and I've got a couple that are Disney-related that you might enjoy. So take a look at those and see if any one of them might be interesting to you. And the third way is, I've recently set up a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash DisneyView. And if you like, just make a quick financial contribution. I'm happy to continue doing this regardless, but if you like the show and you'd like to contribute in some way, I'm always happy to take a small contribution. I'm not, there's no requirement, I'm not asking for much, but if you do give me a contribution, I'm happy to give you a shout-out on this podcast in the future. Hey, thanks very much, and I hope you enjoy my podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View Podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 